0: Well, today on the show, we have spiritual psychologist, Dr. Tony Riley, and she is Australia's top past life regressionist. Now, Dr. Tony and I had this amazing conversation about not only our past lives, but our future lives and in between about how we create our soul plan, our soul blueprint, and why things happen to us that we might not like. And the things that happen to us that we absolutely love. It is a fascinating conversation. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Dr. Tony Riley. How are you doing, Tony?
1: Hey, good. Thanks, Alex.
0: Good. Thank you so much for showing up. I appreciate it. We're going to go into a deep dive into past lives, in between lives, reincarnation. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun show. Oh, so I'm excited to talk my to you favorite Yes. We mm-hmm. so let me ask you uh can you tell the audience a little bit about your background as a doctor in these because this is generally not something you you know is known as like a doctor of past lives and reincarnation so can, can you talk a little bit about how you got to this point
1: so it all began about 20 years ago when i became aware of past lives so i was in my 30s and it seemed I had a very mainstream life before that, actually, and there were came to a time in my life where uh, big changes were happening. I, I my marriage split up, mm-hmm. so I began soul searching, and in that soul searching phase, I became aware of intuition, my intuition, and mm-hmm. also in that process. I became aware of past lives. I read Dr. Brian Wise's book, Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm -hmm. And I thought everything clicked in and I thought, it sounds so cliche, but I thought, oh, this is what I'm here to do. (laughs) And from there, I became obsessed with making this happen. So I learned to do past lives. In fact, the lady who told me to read that book taught me. She happened to be having a class a couple of days later and uh, and taught me. And I went on to train with Brian Weiss. And also people came for regression. They came, who even knows where all these people came from? But they came and I documented every case from the beginning So I've got a lot of them Mm -hmm. um, and just took notice of what was happening in them and it was healing things for them. It was very fascinating for me back in the day. But even before that, actually, before I started working with people, I had my own session. And that's the clincher for me because I don't make stuff up or fool myself. And I was on the couch with the lady who taught me. Having a session, and I could see, I could see these past lives in my mind, and they were moving almost like movies. And I could feel, I felt like I was there. I felt like I knew what was going on in them, and most of all, they cleared the fears, or that they cleared the things that I asked to clear.
0: Well, let me ask you. So, um, when you're saying. Can you explain the process of a past life regression for people who don't understand it?
1: Yes. So it's it's a beautiful thing. So basically you're guided into a relaxed state. I don't even call it hypnosis, actually. It's just you're guided into a relaxed state, usually with guided visualization. So a meditative state. And what happens is the person starts to recall themselves at another time so what happens is they usually will see it in their third eye not everyone sees but most do so they'll have feelings as well as in if they find themselves as a small child their body might start to feel really small they're just lying on the couch but it's all the senses are working all the six senses and the physical senses so they're getting usually seeing feeling and knowing what's going on in there. And when it's facilitated, the facilitator is prompting for them to respond. You can always respond. And so they'll relay back what's happening. And then the facilitator is guiding them through, usually to achieve uh, fixing something, or at least mine was for the therapeutic value in it.
0: Yeah. So, so then let me ask you on the more of the spiritual side of things. These are these memories are in our soul, if you will, or or our kashic records, as they say. So this information lives there. Are we accessing it through what are we accessing? Because a lot of people say, Oh, it's in the subconscious mind, or but it can't be in the subconscious mind, because it's a spiritual aspect of our soul. These other lives, So what are we accessing and is it an open book or do they only show you what you need to know to heal or to move on in this life?
1: I believe that it comes directly from our soul. Mm -hmm. And when someone comes along for regression or they do it themselves, I believe that their soul has kind of guided them to that point so that they have something revealed to them at that very moment in their lifetime that is going to help them for now so although it comes from the soul energy it's always what's given or presented to make this life here now better to fix something to heal something even maybe just to help people realize that there's more and it's we're not just here in life as a human that that our soul energy exists so it has many uh facets of why mm-hmm. it would come to help somebody but yes it comes directly from the soul and i feel like that's why it's so effective it's why it's so effective as a therapy or or even just for people to lose the fear of death and start to really embrace life and not worry so much about things that don't matter.
0: Can anyone do it? Or do you need to go through a kind of a practitioner?
1: Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it because we're all born of our soul energy and our soul prepared, or we agreed what we're doing here. So we can all do it. There's some colleagues of, of mine, even that are not fans of doing it yourself but i in my whole 20 years it's completely fine to do it yourself i think the thing with a facilitator is perhaps because your energies are together and it's it's and they know what to delve for to get to uh the bottom of a specific issue that you might have and also you're not left with questions because the facilitator will know exactly what to ask so that you get closure from it. So you can do that yourself as well. However, the facilitator is going to take any of that thinking away for you.
0: If you, So for people listening, a lot of times, if you experience something in a past life, you're going to feel it in this life in some way. So if you were thrown off of a pyramid by, Az- by Aztec uh, <laughs> priests and, and sacrificed, you might have a fear of heights in this yeah. in this one or if you were you know uh, burned at the stake by your family because they thought you were a witch uh you might have a problem expressing yourself to your family or letting people know who you really are is that a fair
1: assessment that is a great assessment yes and i think those are really uh i, I guess they they're wonderful assimilations for what could happen but very often people get into the past life and what's happened to cause their their fear now or their symptom now is so simple it's so simple and it's so ordinary that um we I never if, if someone's coming for a certain symptom I never suggest what it could be because often it's something that was so ordinary or normal that happened that caused it
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: But certainly with the fires and things, those those are not really normal things to experience, but a lot of it happens. If people have a fear of fire or heights or flying, any of those things, something pretty wild will have happened for it to be such a fear. Interesting. And
0: how does it work with, or does it work in past lives that it affects your physical body? Where I've heard of scarring. I've heard of, I had one person on who, who was talking about a past life of theirs. And they were, he was an Asian man in this life, but before he was like a six foot eight Scottish man fighting in, in, on the field somewhere in a war or a battle. And he basically got axed in his, in his shoulder. And he'd always had bad, that shoulder had always been bad for some strange reason, like issues with it. Does that make sense to you in your work?
1: Absolutely. So scars or birthmarks even, they, we will always be able to trace them back to, and usually it's an injury from a past life. So certainly with the scars, they maybe, maybe don't even have to have a scar. It might just be that they have shoulder problems and Western medicine or x-rays mm-hmm. and things cannot detect anything. So it's this mystery Oh yeah, physical symptom. That's when it's like that's from a past life and you go along and you see potentially something brutal, but you see it detached, by the way. It's not scary to see what happened, but uh, it fixes it almost like this.
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard stories of like, oh, there's this big mole on the back of your head. like, and they hear like, I was shot in the back in a war yeah. or something yeah. along those lines. These are the kind of little things that come along along the way. So let me ask you, how does understanding your past life contribute to a person's self-awareness or personal growth in this
2: lifetime?
1: Self-awareness, my favorite side effect of past lives. Um, I think what it does is it helps them aside from clearing fears or phobias or physical symptoms, it helps them understand themselves. So if we look at emotionally what it does, they'll often see a past life that is similar or certainly it invokes the same emotions in them that they're feeling now or experiencing now. Let's think about a a relationship that's trouble for them, gives them trouble. So they'll, they'll find out what happened then what the cause of it was and somehow it really gives them this deep understanding and hence when they understand themselves and why things are happening it gives them big self-awareness and also of course what we know with self-awareness is it takes the it takes away blaming other people so no matter what you see in the past life let's say um someone's got a hard relationship and they might see themselves even potentially with the same person, but in a different, maybe different dynamics, um, even maybe the opposite sexes, but they see it and then they can understand why the dynamics are the way they are now by what happened before. And it's the awareness from that, you can't go back from it. It's just amazing.
0: Did you have a belief in past in reincarnation before this? I, wouldn't,
1: I I wouldn't say I was not a believer. I just was not aware of it. It wasn't something that I thought about or mm. really was involved well, in.
0: Or grew up with. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't something that you, but when, it, when you, when that information hit you that you were like, that makes sense to me. And that's where you started to
1: go deeper and deeper. Yeah. When I read that book and it, I suppose it potentially book. seems out there, but when I read that book, it was like, Oh, everything. I just knew it was real and true. So, Yeah. So can you elaborate
0: a little bit on the concept of in-between lives?
1: So the way I see in-between lives is the space where we're preparing to incarnate. So when people describe it there, there's human elements to it because we're talking about choosing, but really beyond that space. We don't have a mind, so there is no choice. It's just this beautiful everything and nothing. But in the in-between space, there's there's some interaction. Sometimes you see it as human-like, and sometimes it's more much more energetic. Colour, for example. And but what happens there is we're deciding what we're doing here. You know, we all when we go back as now if we go back for a visit in between we'll find out why we planned what we're doing now why we have these circumstances and what the purpose of them was so all of the information for what we're doing here what we've done before and even what we'll be doing in the future is accessible there so it's quite the oh, oh it's such a liberating and beautiful experience to get that information because it it's so it surpasses anything that our mind could perceive it gives us mm-hmm. a different perception and it's 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 something you can't really explain without having the experience can't quite articulate it as it feels to be there
0: so you're talking a little bit about a soul blue creating your soul your soul blueprint if you will
1: Yes. Yes, and we do do that. That we come our life is it has a blueprint. And you don't even have to go between actually to access the blueprint. Mm. There are there are uh ways that we can do that. In fact, it was one of the the big bodies of work that I did from knowing that we have a blueprint and how to access it. So, um, I, I made that part of my psychology. It's called a life map, but essentially you can because it is predestined before we're born. Of course, we, we can access it. It's why psychics can see what's, what's happening or read into us, read our aura and, um, tell us about our attributes and our characteristics, these kinds of things. So there's, um, and when we access it, it makes, it makes our lives make sense. It makes us make sense. It makes us more comfortable with who we are. And even with our insecurities, everything is destined. Everything is blueprinted that we do here, that we experience.
0: Well, what about free will then? I'll be the devil's advocate.
1: I love talking about free will. So will is of the mind and the mind is only part of the human experience (laughs) so Mm. it feels like we have will here and we do because we do have a mind but free will when we feel like we have the willpower to change that blueprint we don't actually but part of that blueprint that we're living out will be that we think we can change it and we have control over it we're control freaks people it's it's a a symptom Mm. of of having a mind um, that we need to feel like we have control over what's happening. And I don't say that we don't have control so that people are apathetic or and it's not what happens. The human <laughs> the human um the way that we are overrides it. But what it does do if we realize that everything is happening with purpose, everything, the good, the bad. The challenging, the wonderful. Uh, then we delve deeper for why it's happening, and actually, you get less caught up in the trauma of it. So, finding out why things happen, why was that part of my plan, is the way to make life much more easy.
0: So, from my understanding, though, uh, from what I've, from people I've spoken to, in regards to the the blueprint that. Yes, everything is predestined. Everything's. These are lessons, and they're like kind of guide markers along life's paths, if you will. Yeah. But the in between, the guide, the big, the big things, is where you get to wiggle a bit. And if you wiggle too far off, you will get either nudged back in, or become so unbearable going that way that you're like, let me just get back to where I was. Because if today I say, like, you know, I'm going to go to the NBA. It's probably not going to happen. I'm not going to play in the professional basketball. I'm just not. Um, I could start trying at my age and my height and my skill level, but chances are I'm not going to get there. More, I have almost 110% chance I won't get there. But I could, but I, but I have the free will to, to choose if I want to go down that road. So you're saying that that choice that I have was kind of a predestined choice and it's an illusion that free will. So that's your point of view, which is different from many other people's point of view.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things I call it the unpopular truths or one of them about uh, incarnating is that people feel like they're off path. Oh, I've gone off path. And that's because life got tough. It didn't go the way that you wanted. Oh, it's, and, and the natural, the natural thing is we did the wrong thing. That's how come we ended up over there. But actually...
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: The experience of life is to... It's its not a bed of roses and it's not a straight path. It's to... Mm. The wiggles in that path are, are destined And I think realising that you didn't go off path, but it was part of the the journey, if you like, is it's actually liberating. Because in one way, what you're doing when you say you've gone off path is you're blaming yourself. I'm so bad. I'm so silly. I did the wrong thing. But it's like, no, no, you didn't. It was, you were to have that experience. And I think, I mean, so many terrible things happen. That when they happen, people can't perceive that that could possibly be planned or that one would agree to it. So you can understand where the resistance for that they didn't go off path and that it was actually meant to happen is hard to take, but it's truly part of it. And I think the other thing that people like to tell themselves is, this person went off path and it's because they don't like where they went for example someone left them and they they loved them so much and it's like it's so much easier to say well they've gone off path um but they didn't it's it's um we always have to bring it back to why why did our life go there and then and it to be honest, it doesn't come to you like that until you're back, usually. So hindsight is the big harbinger of knowledge mm-hmm. of wisdom. Actually, that's when we go. Oh, okay, I get why why I ended up there and had right. to, you know, scramble back.
0: Yeah, I, so, I, I, I see where I, I why I lost that job, or I didn't. That I broke up with that person. Thank God I broke up with that person. Thank God I yeah. lost that job. Yeah, hindsight. <laughs> Yes, wisdom is painful.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so painful. It's so painful. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, what are some of the common themes and patterns you see in past life regressions?
1: Gosh, the first one that comes to me when you ask that is loneliness. Loneliness. People who feel lonely or alone in life, they might, when they come for a session, what they might be shown is several lifetimes where they felt alone or they literally been alone so loneliness is a thing a pattern you see a lot around abandonment and a lot around but rejection as well they're two different things and being betrayed things that they're the same things that invoke insecurity and emotional turmoil in us in life you'll see these same patterns in the past lives the I think that the past lives are, they're very literal. And the assimilation that's made for people and patterns that they're shown are the same things that are happening now. So throughout life, since we were a caveman, they go back to those times as well. Sometimes since then, it was all about the emotion that the person felt. Um, Were they afraid? Were they were they um, not feeling good enough, couldn't, they weren't a very good hunter, for example, um, <laughs> and then they can't provide for their um, their family, yeah. which might be a tiny family. So, yeah, the emotions are always the point of what, what we, it's how we fix things, a- acknowledging the emotion that was felt. So the patterns are always around that. And gosh, what other patterns do I see? There's there's many, but I really would say that commonly they're going to be loneliness, abandonment, rejection, betrayal. Yeah. Why, it,
0: it, when when the concept of past lives came into the zeitgeist, which was really, if I remember correctly, I mean, many lives, many uh, many lives, many mansions, um, which uh, a, a seminal a seminal book, but it wasn't. Harry Potter. Not everybody was reading that book. So it was a very specific group of people that were ready for that information. The first time I remember hearing it was Shirley McClain in the 80s when she came out with her memoir about her past lives and everyone thought she was absolutely loony um, and crazy. But she was you know, she's an under underappreciated um, person who came out and really brought a lot of these ideas into the Western Western world back in the 80s as well. But why is it that then the, the joke started happening? Well, oh, you lived in a past life. You were Napoleon, or you were Caesar, or you were Cleopatra. or You're like, everyone always was super famous in their past lives. <laughs> Have you come across anything like that? Uh, Because like you said, most people are not going to be the king. They're probably going to be... The guy or the gal in the kitchen.
1: (laughs) That that is true. That is true. Just by mathematics. Just by
0: mathematics.
1: The ratio of people who are celebrity now, right? It's the same. There's a tiny portion of them. So within the people who recall past lives, I think that whole famous thing is just people's resistance to the possibility that this is a thing. And of course, I think people just copy what other people said when they don't actually know. So it's really easy to say, oh, everyone was famous in a past life. Of course, they're not. But there has to be people who were that person or who lived as the person or people that were in authority or famous. Mm -hmm. So it's not out of the realms i never like to discount what people say if they if they genuinely have recalled something then i would take it on board but as a facilitator if you, there's things that you can ask to determine is it really are you really that person or you often you might be the maid actually so but, the, but we can determine all of these things um, in the session but the famous, the famous people, there's lots of people who claim to be and, I mean, I don't want to um, undermine them because someone was those people. Um, for me, I think one of my most exciting, I personally find this exciting because it ticks all the boxes of sceptics in that... Um, A a friend of mine's husband who was a disinterested in past lives and very, um, very successful actually in, in his life, but not interested in past lives, but she was, and he humored her, if you like, like, oh yeah, I'll have a session. Well, he was so incredible. And this is often what happens he was textbook in that he immediately was in there. He's recalling what's happening because he was sceptical in the first place. And that, that semi remains, even when you're in your past life, you still, you can still question what's going on. And um, he was like, really? But he's recounting all of this information to me. And um, it was so exciting in that it was medieval and he had, killed a king well he came out of it and all of the information that he recalled and the timelines because you can go backwards and forwards within the life they they made sense and I'd heard many thousands of things like this before but we we just went through it and off he went and later that night he's researching on google (laughs) and he's like what the you know these things that he had recalled which which seemed to be like totally unbelievable and he was not into history or anything it was written it was there documented and he's like this is the uniforms that he'd seen so if you google well we have that now it wasn't always there and people can go and google but his this story was there and it was exciting because i think there was a whole lot of uh within history
2: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: um there they didn't know who killed that king they, it mm-hmm. was written they didn't know it was never. Never found out, and he'd said all these things in his regression. <laughs> I adored that, but I mean, that's he wasn't the king, but certainly up there.
0: So, with, what is
1: the?
0: Faith. So, let me ask you then: What is the most surprising case that you can recall of of a past life regression that you were just like blown, like completely blown out of the water by it?
1: Um, I'm thinking at this trajectory that one is the most exciting for me really There's, it's i think because i personally am fascinated with those eras as well but oh, you cannot believe the things that people say what mm-hmm. the things that they recall and what happens when you're hearing it all the time is each person's session comes and goes, and I don't really retain it all. I can recall if they if they come back and say, do you remember my session? But I would usually have to get my notes. And I'm like, ah, yes. But surprising, I think surprising, surprising is always when people are sceptical and they see something that, well, they see for starters, it happens. They recall a past life and the other thing is the surprising factor will be that it associates with what's going on for them now. So, for example, as you said with the shoulder thing, there we. I'm thinking about a, a lady who was a psychologist, and she came to a to learn to do past life therapy, recall therapy, I call it, um, and she literally was lying on the ground because her back was so bad. And uh, anyway, she had her regression, and she was injured in a in a on a battlefield in a past life, and she got up, and she was fixed wow. in uh, in that course. So it's not like evangelistic. Please don't think it's like that. But literally, she's got up, and it was so brilliant because she had credentials. She was a psychologist, and Unfortunately, people believe it more if people have got these credentials. But mm-hmm. but she, she got up and she walked and she was fixed then. So it was a three- or five-day course and all good. So it was a beautiful example of how physical things can be fixed instantly. How, Surprise.
0: How far back have you heard? What's the oldest life?
1: Yeah. So when they go back to... Let's say cave, caveman time. So really I've not seen them be I have not seen them be monkey like or uh the evolution before we're human. They're scruffy and, and hairy and beardy, as you would expect, because there's no human, to but they're human. Right, but
2: they're, they're human.
1: human. But they're human. But having said that, when people come for past life regressions, they do go elsewhere. Sometimes they go to other planets. They go, they do go. Atlantis,
0: Atlantis. I'm assuming is a is a big one.
1: I must say, when they go to places that seem like what we know of Atlantis, they don't always say it's Atlantis, and but the the way that they describe it is that what we hear many people have said. But the other the other thing that is surprising to me is when people go there. It seems to them they're like, what was that? So what happens is you get people who they've not read about it, they maybe have never re- resonated with it, and yet they go to these places. So it's like it's, it's almost like not a question, did it exist? Was it there? Because they're recalling it and they're as surprised as anyone else that these other places exist. But um, life on, or I, I believe that earth is a school. It's one school that we go to, the hardest one. But certainly there are other places that people or souls incarnate to have an experience, yeah. How
0: do you, how do you deal with disturbing or traumatic past lives?
1: Yeah, something happens when someone is recalling their past life and I must say I believe this is because the soul is in charge so there's a detachment there so very often you you can see what's happening you're looking at what's happening and it can be gruesome yet there's a detachment in there and you're seeing it almost from the planned perspective of why it happened though having said that there are times when people literally feel like they're there on that battlefield and they can mm-hmm. feel it, feel the pain, sense, sense it. So all we do then is tell them to look at it. Okay, just look at what's going on. You don't need to feel it again. And immediately they'll switch and they'll be looking at what's going on rather than uh, feeling the sensations. And you know what, that's one of the things that could be different if you do the regression yourself or you do the recall yourself in a meditation is you might feel all those things and be like whoa that was not pleasant um so I guess that's one of the brilliant things about having a facilitator is if if there's any pain like that it can be removed but can I say it doesn't last long and also people have real big emotional I'm going to call them outbursts in mm. that space. And it, part of the healing, it's really, it's profound. So um, we don't stop it. We don't want to stop the, the feelings that arise. They're super important. Now, how
0: does the concept of soul groups or soul mates work within the framework of
2: past lives or reincarnation?
1: Often people in the past lives, when they recall them, they recognize people that they know now or people that they've encountered so indeed the soul well, oh pardon me the soul groups that's a thing and when people go in between lives they can visit with their soul group or meet them per se and recognize the souls of the people that they've either been with now or potentially are going to come across mm-hmm. so the soul groups the soulmates, and I think we all love, people love love. So they want to be all about the soulmates that come and they have the most fabulous, you know, love relationship. And, of course, that's a beautiful thing. But our soulmates in our soul group are always as well the people that create the most (laughs) trouble for us. (laughs) people don't like it and they're like what's what's he doing in my soul group or what's she doing here and and but it's liberating for them because it brings awareness to that this thing was agreed and there was a purpose to it but I think as humans we're like why you can't possibly fathom that someone that, (laughs) that you went through such a hard time with could be in your soul group but I think it also cements that The lives are blueprinted, they're destined, and there's a reason for it. And also, uh, life is not just a merry-go-round. It is, from my 20 years in this, my basic assimilation and why we're here, it is to experience emotion. And almost everything that we do as a person in a body, it invokes emotion in us. Whether we like the touch of that or we don't, there's an emotion involved. So that's what the the preface behind it all is. And these souls that come together with us to invoke emotion and cause trauma, and you know, have a play a part in our cycle of life. It's it's just it's just how it is.
0: I mean, every every good story needs a villain.
1: Uh, that's how it yeah. is. Was-
0: that's style the hero grows. So without a good villain, there is no growth as the hero. The hero has nothing to a battle. Villain. You yeah. know, so um, so let me ask you, then do you think that lessons and skills from past lives transfer over? So if you were a great pianist, does that you like, hey, you know, I really like piano, or you can play piano in this life. But sometimes it's maybe like, like I have I have this I love acoustic guitar. Just love acoustic guitar, but I can't play a lick. But anytime I hear it, it's just like that's the thing that it just gets me really. I just love that music. So flamenco and all that kind of that music, especially Spaniard music. I love that. Um, Gypsy Kings, that kind of stuff. But I can't play a lick of it. I tried, cannot play a lick of it. But there's a connection with that vibration of the guitar that connects to me. So
2: what would you what would you be your explanation of that out of curiosity? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor And now back to the show.
1: Yes, I feel like music would have had to have featured for you in another lifetime. It will have had to have. But also, I think that music is one of the, it's absolutely one of the pleasures or treasures of life that our our hearing allows us to have. And we can feel it as well in a vibration and that. It's just extraordinary. But I think the way that you're talking about how you feel about the guitar music and what it invokes in you and the other styles of music, you'll absolutely have been associated with it before and with your span spanish do you say spain
0: spain yeah spain yeah i love i love Spaniard, like flamenco you were guitar it's so beautiful it's so exciting
1: <laughs> i'd love to regress you yeah.
0: <laughs> we but just yeah. we just met tony and i'm married but uh <laughs> I'm joking i'm joking uh no it's it's, it's it was interesting because i i thought about that I was like just because you you might have been the greatest guitar player of all time in another life, but this life, that's not your purpose. So it's not part of your blueprint, but you still have a, a feeling of it. It's like food. You might've been a great chef, but you might enjoy food at a higher level than other. There's there's these, there's these, almost like shadows or echoes of past lives. Echoes, I think is a great way to use.
1: That's a beautiful a way to, to say. Yes,
0: yeah, like echoes of a past life. would feel it in this life not but not necessarily be you know like you might love hearing singing but you can't sing a lick in this life because it's just not your path yeah me too (laughs) uh you know i guess it's my children always like stop that just stop uh (laughs) (laughs) so so let me ask you what do you think karma plays in all of this in past lives have you from your perspective and your experience You know, the concept of karma, of of, of that in a past life and how it, you know, because according to karma, the law of karma, from my understanding of it, is that these are lessons that you need to, it's energy that has to be either repaid or lessons that you want to continue to learn based on something that was done in a former life. What's your experience with
2: karma in this?
1: Yeah. So when I first started in this, I was aware of that perspective on karma but what i've come to discover is that karma is also a human concept um but what the way that i like to see our lives is as we are coming for an experience it's not to pay back it's not necessarily for a lesson of course we learn while we're here of course we do that's the cycle of life um insist that we do we we learn as we go but what we're not doing is coming back because and paying for something that we did before and we're not when we go back we're not going to be paying for what we did now it's almost like what goes on on earth stays on earth it's Vegas
0: (laughs) it's like Las Vegas what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas
1: (laughs) that's right yeah but it's it is like that and I think all of the all of the beliefs that people have about karma and they've been bad and they're going to be um copying it next time or they're copying it now because they were bad last time all of that I think comes from uh fear-based religion that was taught to us from a very long time ago but the reality is when we go back the moment we leave our body, our soul leaves, we are back to peace and harmony, and be, it's beyond peace and harmony. Actually, those are our human words to try and just describe it. So we return to we return to that ultimate enlightenment or mm-hmm. purity. We return to purity. So there is no, we're, we're, there's no mind to even judge. What was good or what was bad. So, all of that happens here. So, therefore, karma is something for humans to have an experience with. Because, again, even when someone's thinking, um, I'm having a shitty life now because I must have been bad before, that's also part of their experience in this life. But And I tell you now, anyone, if you're thinking you've got bad karma, please do away with that and find out why actually is this going on in your life? Because you're not being paid back for a past life.
0: From what I understand is, from near-death experiences I hear, every single near-death experience I've talked to who's have a life review, they say there's no judgment. There's no Mm -hmm. judgment in a life review. So I understand that. I agree with what you're saying. What I understand karma to be is as the evolution of the soul you choose to come back down and deal with certain like there's like I, I didn't pass that test. I can't get my diploma unless I do that test. It's your choice if you want to come down or not. It's not forced upon you. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, I want to go down there and I wanna, it's not because of something I did before, but I need to go through this lesson, part of my soul blueprint, in order to continue my evolution in this in this spiritual journey. That's at least from my perspective, from what I've understood. Learning along lines, but I agree with you. I don't believe it's like I I I hurt somebody here, so I then must be hurt. I think that you choose to come back and maybe have that experience if you want to continue to evolve. Does that make any sense?
1: A little bit. I feel like yes, and I feel like what we do is we are to experience all sides of any experience, which means we are going to experience. Let's say being a perpetrator or being abused by a perpetrator, or maybe not even abused, but rich, rich or poor, all like rich sides. Or poor. Yeah. Sure,
0: yeah, 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 abandoned and loved, and all, yeah, exactly. the, the contrast, the, contrast, the of everything. contrast,
1: exactly. So, yeah, and I think karma is really more about it is cause and effect here. So, if you're if you're cranky and you're nasty to people, then people probably going to be cranky and nasty back to you, for example. And if you, you know, so cause and effect in that way, it's it has relevance. But I think when we incarnate, it's to experience all sides of any facet of life.
0: Fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Now, this is a question I get asked all the time. Do all dogs go to heaven? Me. <laughs> Do animals have karma? Do animals have, not karma, do animals have past lives and go through reincarnation? Do they evolve? This is a question I get constantly. So I'd love to hear from your perspective. What do you think happens to our furry friends?
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, i tell you what I haven't seen is people incarnating as animals. I have not seen that. But people do... See their animals, and they might see a life where they've had an animal, and they say, "Oh, that's my that's my dog now." So, I think that the animals must come back with people as well. And I suppose if we think about animals, particularly probably dogs and and cats, they really have a resonance with their owner, and I think. Dogs being man's best friend are just so unconditional that I do think that they play such an extraordinary part in people's lives mm-hmm. and yeah, they do see them. They, they do see them over here or in other lives as a different dog.
0: <laughs> which is, which is interesting. Cause in some, in some near death experiences I've spoken to near deathers, I've, they've had seen their animals on the other side. Um yeah. And and sometimes the animals come to them under, I've heard, I've spoken to other people about the deathbed sequence of yes. what happens and and the animals show up as yes. someone's dying as well. So they, these are doctors who have recorded these, these experiences. But the concept of reincarnation, concept of past lives of animals, I mean, they have, you can't look into an animal's eyes and not, there's something going on. They all have personalities. They all have quirks uh you know and anyone who's ever owned a dog or a cat understands that uh
2: without question
1: and also when when i think about it from a self-awareness perspective and you look into a dog's eyes it's like they're they're more aware than us that's oh. because they're, they're truly truly unconditional it's yeah, they're the, so yeah. special aren't they
0: The dogs are unconditional. Cats are not. Definitely not unconditional. Um, Because I have cats. Uh, No, I've had dogs and cats. Cats are not. They have a specific energy to them, (laughs) to say the least. But there is a love there. There's. There's. Dogs are just happy. Every time you walk through the door, oh my god! I thought you would never come back. (laughs) Thank you for being here every time. (laughs) (laughs) It's and and they are such therapeutic creatures for people
2: in 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 life we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show sometimes that's the only friend you have
0: is yeah. your animal uh, or the I mean, animals yeah. there during when you've broken up with your significant other the animal knows when you're crying I remember my dog would like look at me when I started crying or I was going through a breakup or something or was sad they knew It's really, that's a whole deep well of of rabbit hole that one day, no pun intended, that we will go down. (laughs) Now, what do you think is the biggest misconception about past lives and
2: reincarnation that people have?
1: Oh, I think that it would be that everyone's famous and that they go off path. And those, those are probably the biggest ones or that other people go off path. Um, they, they would be the biggest misconceptions. I think also that they're being paid back or that they couldn't possibly have chosen this. But I totally understand it because from my observations until you've had an experience, not just of past lives, it might be a near death experience, but until you've had some transcendent experience of your own, then it's truly hard to fathom. So I think that there's a lot of misconceptions until it happens to you or until you experience it. Fair enough, now
0: the the big question is, what was your first past life regression (laughs) like? How did you, and what did it do to you? How did it affect you in your own journey not as a doctor or as a therapist, but as a as a as as a soul on this planet.
1: Uh my first my first past lives was after I'd read Brian Weiss Dr. Brian Weiss's book. And I saw I saw two in that life. I've seen so many. But in that time I had asked for uh because you you're supposed to, or you're not supposed to, but you can ask for a symptom. So I asked about guilt because I felt so guilty. For leaving, for leaving my marriage and I asked about public speaking. I couldn't speak in front of people and I also went through school covering my writing because I couldn't bear the thought of someone looking over my shoulder, which I didn't even realise was a phobia until in my 30s and I'm like, oh yeah, I did do that weird thing going through school. Anyway, so what I recalled from those past lives. Oh, sorry. The other thing I asked for was, why, if I'm intuitive, how have I gotten to my mid thirties before I realised yeah. this? So, they, they were the questions I asked, and what I saw was, I I was a girl, a young girl in Scotland, in the late 1700s, and I could see that I used to pe- people would come to the house. Um, and hold their hands over mine. And I also could see that I had, um, I knew how to munch up uh, herbs, leaves into poultice. And so people would come to have their wounds uh, healed. So, but I was just a girl. I was 17 when I first saw that and so many other details in it. And Gosh, I've even met people from it now. But what transpired was, I was to be hung in the middle of the village, and um, be- because it was witch days, so something happens, and the people would turn on you and deem that you were a witch. And you, in that case, I was to be hung. Um, but it's really exciting, actually, because. I didn't see who did it but I know when I was on the platform in that very first time that I'd experienced a past life that someone let me go and suddenly I'm running up the road and I thought well that's weird how would you be able to get away but he let me off this man on there and I found out why because I've been back to that lifetime to find out why super exciting for me Uh, but anyway that explained the intuition and it I opened it up it exploded after that my intuition wow. um because i suppose there's this fear of being hung it's very subconscious but it was there and the other thing with the writing and the speaking in front of people i saw myself as a man the next life so we went to do two lives i was a man and i had very typical the stockings with the black buckle shoes and the knickerbocker pants on and the the fitted um coat and I was writing with a quill <laughs> in a big, beautiful book. And I could tell that I was somebody, like somebody of status. I thought I was the mayor of uh, the town that, that I was in. And what happened was um, I I must have been able to foresee things and I wrote them down, but nobody knew. And uh, I I could foresee a storm. It wasn't even witchy. I could foresee a storm was coming, and it was going to do a lot of damage to our town. So I called the people to tell them that a storm was coming, and we need to take measures. And um, they turned on me. The they were like, "Well, how would you know that?" and they turned on me. So they must have thought I was uh well, crazy, <laughs> a warlock or something. Of course, um sure. I guess it was it was back a long time ago as well, so witchy days. But um yeah, that they, they locked me up actually. I died in locked up, so I think that what that unleashed in me was it's okay to speak up, it's okay to say. So Um, and also they they went in and read my this big book that I recorded my I guess visions in
2: and they were like
1: they you you are nuts so off you go we're locking you up so what happened after that Alex was I was just starting out in this work well after that you couldn't shut me up because I started to talk at events and things about past lives because the mission was back then I was told was for it to become mainstream. So I've been talking about it for a long time now and I would write articles and have them published. So all of my fears in that regard were gone. So. The past life worked, and um, and of course you can't uh, argue with. Well, I didn't argue anyway because the moment that I had that session, I knew that it was real. It to me it was like no scientist can can take this away from me. I I know that it was real. So um, I guess I got a thick skin as well from any. <laughs> Uh, any pushback that happened and you know what's now we're 20 years later and it is there's been so much work done from by Shirley MacLaine for example imagine she came out in the thick of when it was not it was not mainstream such a big mission for her to do that and all of the others that did but now it's pretty mainstream
0: people understand and have heard that concept of reincarnation they've heard the concept of past lives and it is not uh, as as woo-woo as it was once. A lot of people still oh. believe it's woo-woo, but then the past life regressionists and it gives it legitimacy. Like well, your work gives yes. it legitimacy, it's not just like, you know, you're at a carnival and you walk into a tent and there's, you know, a lady there going, okay, you were once Marilyn Monroe. Like it doesn't, <laughs> this actually puts it to a different light. Well, I'm glad I could help hopefully shine a light on this uh, and expose this information to a whole lot of people who are curious about it. Now I'm okay. going to ask you a few questions. I ask all my guests, what is your definition of living a fulfilled life?
1: Oh my goodness. For me, living a fulfilled life is finding what resonates with you and working with that, not fighting yourself and doing things that make you feel good. Um, so whether it touch, taste, sound, Do those things. I feel like life is such a blessing to enjoy the aspects of it that are, that are good, are really good. So gosh, do, do what it takes to make you happy and, or bring you joy, I suppose, because ultimately contentment's the ultimate space that we can be in most of the time.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Now, back to the show. Now, if you can
0: go back in time and speak to little Tony, what advice would you give her?
1: I would say to myself, be yourself, and realize that you don't know what that means until you are. But to be yourself is the most powerful thing, I believe, on the planet that we can do for ourselves. And uh, it can take a lot to get to that stage. And part of my journey of self-awareness is coming back to being myself all the time. Or, yeah, so be yourself.
0: How do you define God?
1: The collective that we are all part of. Collective energy.
0: And what is the ultimate purpose of life?
1: To experience emotion.
0: And where can people find out more about you and the amazing work you're doing in the world?
1: Uh, I'm all over social media and my website is TonyWileyInstitute.com. And if anyone wants to learn past life regression or way beyond that, we've got a whole new psychology from it. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you.
0: And do you have any parting messages for the audience?
1: I would say try not to worry. Try not to worry and be good to yourself because when you're good to yourself, and you're trying not to worry, you're then good to other people. So don't give up.
0: Dr. Tony, don't. thank you so much for, for so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate this conversation. Hopefully it's going to help some people around the world. Thanks, so I appreciate Zoe. you, my dear. <laughs> I want to thank Dr. Tony for coming on the show and sharing her knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, please head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash